five things that every entrepreneur should know. Your determination will determine your destination. Number two, if you don't believe in something, you're never going to be successful in it. And number three, all work pays off. And number four, you have to stay focused. Being focused is one of the main things that's going to get you to where you want to be in life. And number five, you never do nothing just for money. Hey podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. Hey, yo, happy Thursday morning. This is the Tropical MBA Podcast. This morning I'm joined, as is per the use, this morning. What's going on with this podcast, man? Oh, uh, this is too early for a podcast. <laughs> so you got your tea there? Looking good, buddy. Ready to go. All right, what'd you do last night? Bring us into your social circle a little bit, man. What do you, who do you hang out with? What goes on? T- Taylor came over at 8.30 at night, and we uh, did scripted cold calls. And, uh, yeah, just talked about our approach with Valley Up. That is delightfully nerdy. Yeah. Can you give me an example? Why not? How does it work? Like, explain to me the training. Taylor's knew it at cold calls, as we all were at one point. And right. so um, what we do is we do, like, role-playing. So Taylor will call me, and I'll pick up the phone. And sometimes I'll be nice. Sometimes I won't. But uh, either either way, it'll be some variation of a real-world experience when you get somebody on the phone. And so it's just uh, walking through those different scenarios. People surprise you, you know? I, I think we should give a, an applause effect, too, because Taylor signed up our first paying customer for ValleyUp.com already. Yes. Right. Can we do a cold call right now? Can you? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> Which side do you want to be on? I'll, I'll be the meme guy that picks up the phone. Oh, man. You try it's to so sell, early. You try to sell me valet up. Okay. <laughs> Hello? Hey, Dan. This is Ian from Valley Up. How are you? Hey, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Oh, What's great. Valley Up? Well, uh, Valley Up is a new piece of software that helps you to automate and run your Valley operations. Sold. From, there you go. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> All right. Today, we are going to talk about rags to riches. At the beginning of the episode, you might have heard Master P. Master P is amazing. Make of say, uh. It's a, it's a great... It's a great example of why graphic design doesn't matter at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go back and look at Master P's record albums from the 90s, and it's like his, his buddy on Photoshop with the, <laughs> with the gold tool. It's so cool, and now he's on the speaker circuit, and you can check out some cool videos of him online. And Master P, a bunch of rappers are on the, circus, uh, the speaker circuit. Uh, MC Hammer, yeah. uh, P. Diddy, I think he does a little speaking, all these guys. Master P talks about his tough childhood, you know, and it, it makes me think of that Malcolm Gladwell point of... Why didn't the Nazi bombing of London during World War II create the kind of mass panic and terror that they thought it would? And part of it was this feeling that you get when you're not a direct casualty of the assault, but it's sort of happening a few neighborhoods over. And you feel like this sense of euphoria, like I survived. Master P is a survivor, despite the graphic design. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Hitler didn't account for that, huh? He didn't think about that. It actually gave them an enthusiasm. So it's pretty interesting, actually. Malcolm Gladwell talks about it in his new book, David and Goliath. I think it's worth taking a peek at. Speaking of taking a peek at stuff, today we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Carnegie. Founded uh, Carnegie Mellon, 
one of the richest guys, uh, one of the most successful entrepreneurs in American history. There's a lot of lore around this guy. Exited his business to J.P. Morgan, right? For 14 billion with a B dollars in today's money, so had some success. And a bit. we're <laughs> we're gonna set this up for you. Basically, Carnegie was invited to give a talk to young people, and he gave these points. And we're gonna pull out 10 points that he said, like, look, this is these are the 10 things that you need to think about if you want to get ahead in the world. And this is the kind of advice when I was just getting started out as an entrepreneur, like I wanted so badly, like just tell me, man, what does it take? And despite not knowing about SEO or LinkedIn or any of these important tools, it seems that some of these principles are timeless. Yeah, they still stand up. I think this is cool. So this this was a, a speech that he gave. I love I love going back and reading old essays and speeches from guys a hundred years ago and, and just seeing how relevant they still are. And I think this one is really still relevant. Yeah, speaking of relevant, we got an iTunes review, five stars. Thank you so much to Rob, who says, these guys seem to pick up where Tim Ferriss left off and paint the most mouth-drooling sensation of what kind of life any entrepreneur could experience and where they could live while doing it. Does it now you can, let's take this back to the original vignette of you and Taylor on a weekday night, on a school night, sitting inside making fake cold calls. Is that the mouth drooling situation that Tim Ferriss was talking about? Yes, it's every it's every it's every entrepreneur's dream. That's what it is. <laughs> so last week, Ian, you brought us the ten crack commandments. This week, Andrew Carnegie is going to bring us the ten track commandments. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that. Here we go. <laughs> Imagine the situation, though. He's in a lecture hall. This guy walks up. He's achieved it all. And you're sitting there in the audience thinking, I want to get ahead in life. I don't want to work a dumb job for the rest of my life. What are the 10 track commandments? And here's how I get started. This is the one that really stuck out for me, Ian, on having no excuses for quality people to advance the supply is never equal to the demand. I'll just tell you this. This is one of the things that I hear over and over again in and amongst successful colleagues, that they cannot find enough good people with business sense. We all know a developer who makes 120 bucks an hour, the copywriter who makes $20,000 projects or whatever, not as valuable as the person who can take a business and create results with it. Yes, these people are... are really invaluable in our business and and that's the kind of person that we look for all the time the cool part about this uh these these 10 track commandments dan is Uh, the internet didn't exist back whenever he wrote this 100 years ago so (laughs) it's like mr carnegie let me tell you something uh now that the internet exists i think a lot of these things are even more true in the magical the internet is a magical place where uh, everybody can kind of get theirs so on on having no excuses, I just feel like the opportunities are so abundant these days online. Yeah, I mean it, the ability to build a business, the ability to build a life that you want. I mean it's just it's almost endless. And I think you know if I was sitting in that audience back then, I would I would probably feel a little bit more grim about it. I'd say yeah, this is great, but it's a lot harder. Yeah, you're Today, looking down a 15 year barrel. Yeah, exactly. Today, maybe two or three years. Yeah, you can make it happen. Number two, know what the heck you want. This is this element of petulant presumptuousness. Yes. That this is what I was talking about. I would, I'd rather be the captain of the USS Dan, which is a small little canoe, and I'm wearing a ridiculous-looking outfit on it, than be a midshipman in a very successful 
a navy boat or whatever. Right. The whole idea is that I want to be the boss. Right. You want you want to you want to decide where the ship goes. And I'm going to act like the boss even when I'm not the boss. Right. And I think that that's that thing that we're looking for. We're looking for people who's willing to be the boss even though they haven't gotten the boss placard on the front of their desk. Let me tell you a little something about this, Dan. And uh, I think people some people don't like this about me is that I generally know what I want. And I generally try and go after it. But there's a little secret to that, which is I don't exactly know what I want. Uh, People will say like, oh, I want to be a successful graphic designer. Well, the first step to being a successful graphic designer is going to work for another successful graphic designer because then you get to see how their world looks. And I think that's one of my little hacks here is to knowing what you want. Is anytime that I think I want something, I go and try it out as fast as possible. Find that right? precedent case, yeah. right? You find that precedent case, you try to emulate it, you figure out if that's what you really want. It's like that idea if you're going to work for 40 years to retire – you might as well try retiring right now. Yes. Because what else are you investing 40 years in going and getting? Why don't you test that out? Here's what Carnegie said. He said, I would not give a fig for the young man who does not already see himself as the partner in an important firm. Is that how those guys talked? Yes, I think so. I don't give a fig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fig for that SEO campaign. <laughs> I don't think he was British. <laughs> don't be an opportunist, number three. Basically, uh, uh, gamers go home. Gamers go home. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about this. I mean, isn't this obvious? There is scarcely an instance of a man who has made a fortune by speculation and kept it. If so your business this is a process versus an event, right? I'm waiting to win the lottery. I'm waiting for the newspaper to show up and tell me that X stock shot up through here. I mean, if you're in that mindset, it's going to go down just as much as it's going to go up. If your business depends on a tactic, your business is screwed. That's it. So I think a lot of people see this even online uh, today. Look, there's a ton of people online, affiliate marketers and, and whatnot, that make a ton of money and then they shift into another gaming opportunity. And I think that those people are very few and far between. I think the idea here is long ball. And Andrew Carnegie, if he if he knew what long ball was, I'm sure he would have said it in the speech. But be a player in the long ball game. You must attract attention. Here's the quote directly from him. I give you I can give you a secret and it lies mainly in this. Instead of the question, so this is like if you imagine the track, Ian, this is just a little mindset trick. You switch the track, you go off in a completely different direction. Instead of the question, what must I do for my employer? Substitute, what can I do? And this is that presumptuousness we're talking about a little bit. Rather than asking yourself, how can I please this person? What would I do if I were the boss? What's the, what is best for the business? And how can I be that now? You might get fired. You know, you're going to meet a lot of people that are successful entrepreneurs that say, hey, I got fired from my first three jobs. I got fired from being a waiter when I was 16 years old. You know why? Why? Because I knew that the menu sucked and that we could increase our sales <laughs> you were that if guy. we redesigned it. I swear to God. And I swear to God, one day, the owner of the business kind of just walked out into the thing and I was like doing a couple of things. And he's like, he just fired me. Yeah. He was just sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want to hear how he could improve his business anymore. So there you go. <laughs> you must seek attraction. And attraction, uh, you know, seeking attention is one thing, but there's there's a couple different kinds of attention, right? You don't want to seek the kind of attention where you wear a nice suit or you have a, a faux hawk, right? That's yeah. the wrong kind of attention. You want to seek attention that fosters promotion and, and, self, and self-growth. So you want to do things that people recognize as valuable because that's going to get you up the value chain. Yeah, he's got this damning quote where say, you know, the rules of our organizations, they make clerks, they make bookkeepers, and most remain there to the end of the chapter. The rising person must do something exceptional and beyond the range 
of their special department. And that's just it. And that's why I got fired from that stupid waiter job. <laughs> Speaking of stupid waiter jobs, the next point is have good ideas and stand up for them. I was right about the menu, man. If you were he right. I was totally right. If he would have revolutionized his menu, been willing to take his business to the next level, he would have had a thrive. Let me ask do you think they're in business right now? Do you think this restaurant is in uh, business? Out of business. Which really? is a shame because it was my grandfather's favorite breakfast spot, and it would be nice to have that in the town. <laughs> You're like, good sir, I took this job because I know how much my grandfather likes this place. Yes. And he, had, he has a few recommendations, actually. I give a fig for this restaurant. <laughs> Someday in your own department, in your company, you will be directed to do or say something that you know will be of disinterest to the firm. This is your moment. This is your time to shine. He says, now's your time to grow a pair, basically. So real world example here. One of our employees comes to us and says, Ian, Dan, uh, there's a huge blind spot in your business. Don't worry, though. I'm on it. I see it. This is what we should do about it. Even though we say you need to do X, Y, Z every single day. Correct. Hey, uh, I, I thought I told you that we don't have time to run those kind of metrics. You should be focused on your job. Well, uh, I ran these metrics on the weekend because I, I knew it was of great importance. And uh, here we are in this situation. I knew you were going to say that, so I didn't tell you about it. And right. I did it anyway. That's a boss. Break the rules. Number. Well, we do say breaking the rules. That's the next point. Break the rules to serve the result. The quote here is always break orders to save owners. And this is a very similar point we were just talking about right now. I love this quote from Carnegie. He basically says, some of our young partners won their spurs. I like this. You <laughs> won your spurs, young man. <laughs> that we did not know half as well what we wanted as they did. Some of them have acted upon occasion with me as if they owned the firm and as if I were some airy-fairy New Yorker waltzing around. And here's the final quote. They were the true bosses, the very men we were looking for. Look, there's nobody in this world that's sitting around with the sole focus of keeping you down, making sure you continue to be the bookkeeper, making sure you continue to be the SEO. Now, if you assert yourself and your judgment sucks, fair enough. Right. That's on you. But there's this combination of having great judgment, being willing to put your ass on the line for something and then be the true boss before anybody gives you the boss name tag. Point number seven, build up your war chest. There is one sure mark of the coming partner, the future millionaire. Their revenue always exceeds their expenditures. Pretty simple stuff. This sounds like it could have come from the, the, the boss man himself. Hey, man, what, if, you're, if you're poor in the beginning, it's really easy to continue to act like you're poor, right? And so that's one of the things that we did in our business, basically, is the first couple of years, we just didn't pay ourselves anything yeah. because we were used to drinking tap water and eating ramen. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, I got the opportunity to sit down with Wes Monk uh, yesterday because he's here. And he's a boss. And he's a boss. He's a boss. He's, he owns a... <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to do a segment that's like, Wes Monk teaches you your ass how to do business. <laughs> he has this great set of lines. One of my favorite ones is get out on the skinny branches. Right. Like, yeah, you know, running a business while you're, you're taking customer phone calls while you're grabbing on the trunks, no big deal. If you want to own a business and you want to be a boss, get out here on the skinny branches with me. You yeah, know? come out on so the skinny branch. <laughs> <laughs> so Wes made this cool point and he said, um, you know, we're talking about lines of credit and things like that because talking about acquisitions and whatnot. 
And and Wes made the point, you know, uh, we were talking about in in which scenarios you need a line of credit. And he said, yeah, you never go to the bank and ask for a line of credit when it's due to your cash flow because then the bank just laughs at you, right? Right. They just think, oh, man, you don't know how to run your business. You, you're running in the You're not ground solving here. the problem. You're not solving way. the problem. Right? And this is what this is the interesting point is that Carnegie is saying it's not capital that the people above you need, right? So it, the, the point of you spending less than you're earning in both your business and your life is not to prove that you have a bunch of money to the people who can advance yourself. It's to prove that you're the kind of person that can move a business forward. That's why Wes Monk's getting the big credit line, right? Yeah, and that's what the bank wants to see, right? They want to say, hey, this guy is responsible. He's doing the right things in their business. This is why we should give him a credit line, not because he needs it for his cash flow. Point eight, let's contradict ourselves on concerning yourself with something higher than money. Master P says it. All the passion people in the blogosphere says it. Everybody says you got to worry about money, but you shouldn't worry about money. Yeah, (laughs) I think uh, willpower tends to uh, run a little bit thin when your only motivation is money. Dan, I mean, we've gotten into niches before, right, where we've said, hey, let's get into this. And then you've, I think, probably more often than not, you ask me. What's the reason we're getting into this? And I'd say, to make a little bit more money. And then you say, well, that's not a good reason. Well, you know, Carnegie just comes at it right from a moral angle. He says, look, an initial point, we're saying you got to get good at saving. It's kind of like the same way, like, you got to get good at accounting. You got to get good at sales phone calls. But that's not enough. And in fact, if you just think that sales at phone calls is the end all be all, then that's ignoble. This is a word that we don't use very often anymore either. Ignoble of you, sir, just to care about your savings account. And, and, and that's just it. I mean, why not, given that you have the opportunity to do something a bit bigger, to, to help your customers, to move your market forward, maybe to do something that changes the world for the better, why not focus on something like that? The money always comes, and I want to call him out here just because I know that he said this to me a couple of times. John Myers, he said, look, man, I've always been good at making money. And he's not, he's not saying that this, the skill of making money he, he's necessarily good at it. what he's saying is like look i'm always i've always been good at creating value which essentially makes money and i think that's the goal here right is you want to create valuable things and the money will come if you're focused on the money the money isn't necessarily the direct value point number nine carnegie thinks that you should put all of your eggs in one basket the exact opposite of what your mutual fund advisor is going to tell you when you by the way does anybody still use these financial advisor guys who get paid $55,000 a year wear suits from Nordstrom if they're lucky and sit on the phone all day long hustling you to give you their money and they tell you stuff like why don't you diversify why don't you diversify I think a lot of people do yeah you just don't hang out with them Carnegie they, says they have jobs a lot of put people. all your eggs in one basket and watch the freaking basket Covell says this too in the How to Get Rich episode. Yeah, and uh, this is some advice that we, I, I think we, we still don't follow here's all, the all thi- the time. Here's the thing about mutual funds. You know who they're looking for? And I'm talking to you on the other end of this microphone. All those mutual funds, they're looking for you. They're looking for small businesses that have high growth profile to invest in. So you're, you're chasing your own tail. You're approaching it the most inefficient way possible. In other words, put a savings not in the bank so that you have a backup plan, right. and then build your business. Forget about the marketplace. Forget about the mutual fund. That stuff is less efficient, and they're looking for you anyway. Correct. But I think that your, your advice is, is right here. It's hard for somebody, I think, that has a job and a bunch of mutual funds to do that, right? They don't have a business to invest in. But definitely, if you have a business to invest in, hey, it makes sense to probably double down on that business than it does over that, that mutual fund. And finally, no one can cheat you out of your ultimate success but yourself. He says, I congratulate poor young people 
upon being born to that honorable degree which renders it necessary that they should devote themselves to hard work. And in other words, if you were born broke, might not be so bad because a basket full of bonds is the heaviest burden a young person can carry. Look out for that boy who has to plunge into work direct from the common school and who begins by sweeping out the office. He is the probable dark horse that you better watch. And I think this is uh, <laughs> it's a little bit and of a And I would give story. a fig for him. <laughs> <laughs> when I was 26, I think I was, a, well, I was 26 and I was a bus boy. Thank you, you very much for calling me out on boy, that. Because you took the bus to work. No. <laughs> I drove my motorcycle to work, but I was actually a busboy after college, and you yeah. busted my busboy balls about that on yeah. stage at the conference. And I swear to you, when I was cleaning a table one night, almost like James Shramko's story, I thought to myself, this is going to make a really good story one day. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, there's no way that I'm going back to this job after I quit there, and I thought, this is, this is going to be awesome. You know, busboy to... Uh, I don't know. Head busboy one You day. petulant busboy. You had already assumed that you were going to be a boss. You'd already envisioned yourself at the top. And you, actually, that's the way you approached the, the, the business job when you got into the, the design career. You never, and, and, and to be honest, this is, I think, a good representation. We all knew you were going to be a success when we hired you. You were a difficult hire because we felt like you might shake things up, and you did immediately. You concerned yourself, even though there was 25 people in the company, you concerned yourself and you had a boss. What you cared about was the design and product direction of the entire company immediately. And you caused problems, but the right kind of problems. And here we are. Well, the direction wasn't that great. And I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, from uh, two petulant... <laughs> assumptive bosses we give a fig for you guys thanks for joining us this thursday morning uh we will see you next thursday morning on the tropical mba podcast you can see all the show notes plus the full text of mr carnegie's speech at tropicalmba.com slash carnegie you know how to spell that buddy c-a-r-n-e-g-i-e ding 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 because <laughs> i don't all right we'll see you guys next thursday morning Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.